this is just a sense-making progress from right. a storytelling narrative right. of how we can use the opportunity of now to learn to do better in the future. Ooh, I like it. Hello, Rocketeers. Welcome to the weekly podcast for people craving richer relationships, fulfilling community, healthier masculinity, and permission to create. What would it be like if we thought about our current situation, the pandemic, the political crisis? What if we thought about it as if it were a fable told to us by an elder? What would we learn? How would it end? What if we could tell a story that could help us create now the safe, sustainable, equitable future that we want for ourselves and our children. Our friend and fellow traveler on the path, Rowdy Duncan, returns this week to help us unpack the pandemic, the protests, and the times we're currently navigating. He shares an indigenous and earth-based perspective he's been exploring to make sense of what he's witnessing and experiencing and that he's using as a tool to blaze his trail through this complex environment. Rowdy is on the communications faculty at Phoenix College. He teaches intercultural communication, diversity and inclusion studies. He's active in youth leadership development, and he's a huge advocate for community and restorative modes of justice. Rowdy is also the writer, producer, and host of the Inclusive Activism podcast, which you will definitely want to check out. All of this background makes Rowdy the perfect person for us to have on this show to dive into the deep end with us and see what we find there, to find the stories about the things that matter. All right, and the tape is rolling. Check. We don't have tape, but it's rolling. Caffeine is at optimal levels. I'm a little low, but good enough to go. And the cats are secured. Uh, I think they're joining us from Slumberland today. We're napping. Napcats. Mm-hmm. The podcats are napping. And the microphones are hot. Check. We are Go, Go for, for Launch. launch. Welcome, everybody, to the Rocket Feather Podcast. We are so pleased today to have Rowdy Duncan return to Yay. the pod. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for coming back. Um, Rowdy, those of you who remember, was in, I don't remember which episode number, but we talked about community and the power of we and yes. we over me and mm-hmm. just lots of lots of great insights and, and understandings from what it takes to be a person in community and mm-hmm. how to, how being in community makes us better. Mm-hmm. You know, you said something about like, if I can be the best me that I can be, then you can be the best you, and then mm-hmm. I can be even better as me, and then we can be this amazing we, and then and it's like, yeah. it was, yeah. I think if we just set it to music, we'll get Lin-Manuel Miranda to do it, and it'll be like amazing, <laughs> amazing new That Broadway would be spin. beautiful. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't yeah. it? God, I'd yeah. love, yeah, I'd love to hear your words set to set to music. Yeah, yeah. Let's get let's get Lynn on the phone. Yeah, Lynn, we'll <laughs> totally do, do our podcast. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but for those of you who don't know, I'm Charles Matthews, and I'm here with Kelly Robears, my lovely co-pilot, co-conspirator, co-creator of the Rocket Feather Podcast. I'm not your witch. I'm your wife. <laughs> <laughs> 
That is such a good line. If anybody hasn't I seen The Princess tired. Bride. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Carol Kane. First of all, I want to kind of go back in time a little bit. And the last time we talked to you, Rowdy, was uh, right before COVID hit. It was back in the end of February. Yeah. And then I came down and did a TEDx talk, the event that you put together at Maricopa Community yep. College. That was a fantastic event. It was. Yeah. yeah it really lots of, was. Lots of really intensely engaged young people that you gathered around you. It was cool to see you meet the other TED Talkers too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. I think then you got a sense of what's this macro conversation I'm hoping to put together with the use of your talks. And seeing y'all so amazed to meet each other was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Colby Martin talking about, you know, faith and and community. Yeah. Like sin and how sin, sin, is, sin is just missing the mark. Yeah. Like I tried to do, like, I wish I could have done better, but I just missed. Yeah. Right. And it's not something to be condemned for was kind of his. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That we have. You're a, not, it's not over if you mess up. Right. It shouldn't yeah. be anyway. Right. No. Right. No. And then Katie Hess, right? Yeah, Am talking about the right? flowers, the power of flower essence. She was lovely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and she sprayed us with flower essence before the before our yeah. talks to mm-hmm. to help us calm down really and good. center. And yeah, that was great. Was. That was yeah. great. Yeah, I encourage everybody to look those up. I don't. I know Colby's. We can put her link in the show notes. Yeah, let's they link. Got to, a really yeah, nice let's, let's link to all those TEDx talks. Yeah, those would be great. Mm-hmm. So yeah. isn't posted yet. I'm still waiting to hear oh, back. No. From Oh yeah. my gosh, why are they taking so long? I, wonder. I think COVID and everything else. Oh yeah, everybody's, everybody's working from home. And yeah. Yeah. Wow-y. Yeah, they're busy. They're busy. Yeah. Everybody's busy. I don't know. I don't know if you know anybody, Rowdy. I don't know anybody who's less busy now. Well, I think you talked about it last time. Like we're doing different things. Yeah. Because like there are people that are unemployed or whatever. Right. Um, or don't have the ability to do the same work that they were doing before. But I think there was such a need to recreate new patterns to exist every day. Yeah. Cause you know, frankly, sitting inside, like at first sitting inside your house all the time, which was horrible, like kind of was like what we were attempting to do. And then we're like, okay, well maybe we can go outside a bit. Like, how do I work out like y'all with your garden? Right. Like it's Mm -hmm. making those patterns. Right. Yeah. So I think like we need those patterns to stay healthy mentally. Yeah. And so you know, I don't know that it's busy, like in the same way that we called busy before. Like, I think it's occupied, mm. yeah. hopefully. Or even engaged, you yeah. know, yeah. Got, like I have, a, I, have a, I have a weekly phone call now with my, with my buddy yeah. Adam that I didn't have before. Um, right. I've got some, you know, more plans to do that. I'm, I'm playing, playing destiny every now and then with my, yeah. with my nephew that we didn't do before. That's uh, I got a phone call coming up right after this recording with, uh, with my niece to go over, uh, she's doing graphic design for my new cool. website. So definitely kind of more, more engaged. And, and I guess your call this morning with Elise was kind of part of that too, Kelly, like reaching out to people that we didn't don't yeah. normally reach out to. Yeah. 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 To. So what do you, what do you, you're not teaching. You're not in the well, class. I am teaching. I am teaching online. Uh, everything shifted online. I have two faster summer classes that will end on the first. Um, but I'm also building a intercultural communication class focusing on anti othering. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been taking up a lot of my time, but then my partner and I, Michelle will hike, pretty much every morning doing some bike ride stuff. Uh, We swim tank at my in-laws house pretty much every day, which is like, that's always joyful moments too. Um, So So I think think you need to explain what you mean by swim tank. 
So Tank enjoys swimming in my uh, my in-laws pool. Yeah, he, we throw a little floating ring out there. He swims after it happily, looking like a little gray seal. And um, just to make it clear for everybody, Tank is a dog. Yes, Tank is a <laughs> is a blue nose pit bull. Yes, yeah. who looks a lot like a seal, especially when he gets in his element of water. Um, but it's nice because we can see her mom at a you know at a distance a little bit more because they have a patio, and so we get to kind of have those conversations every day. Great, which is a nice way mm. to just stay a good in that balance, right? It's been good, and uh, and also being an anti ist specialist, mm-hmm. a lot of folks are calling me as far as doing work uh in a blm world right where we're trying Great. to create more justice and equity and so i stay you know busy engaged right yeah, yeah. Um, i was i was curious about that because and i and i meant to i meant to actually kind of you know kind of promote you a little bit i i know that a lot of white folks and a lot of organizations owned and run by white folks are out of good heart reaching out to folks of color mm-hmm. for some guidance and i wanted to say at some point you know, yes, reach out to people like Rowdy and others. And remember, they are consultants and they should get paid. Mm, like yes. no more asking for free multicultural consulting. Like that's right. like, that's, you got, you got <laughs> to throw down for that. Yeah. This is work. Yeah. Well, you've, worse, been, you've, been, you've been studying it. You've been training yeah. yourself for years. Well, and they'll turn to their employees of color asking them to explain this. And they're like, dude, I'm just trying to survive your system in which you're admitting you need help for like i can't teach you right like given power differentials and stuff so yeah like do find a professional because they'll take you further faster and it'll get you to better quicker and it won't make all your internal relationships weird yes yes we'll give you the ground the baseline to have those conversations in much more productive manners where you're not exploiting your folks yeah of color as much because you're unaware of the mental processes you're doing. Right. Right. But I'm curious too, like what you've been, what you've been noticing amongst your young students during the, the protests. I know you, you didn't go out in the street. You were, you were committed to staying healthy and not getting COVID, mm-hmm. but I'm guessing a lot of your, you teach at a, at an institution that's, uh, seems to be pretty diverse, pretty multicultural, lots of, mm-hmm. lots of different kids. There are lots of young folks. And I know that the, the protests were pretty multicultural and in, in Phoenix yeah, as well. Yeah. I'm just kind of curious what you saw in those young people over the last month or so. Well, that was really heartening, honestly, because, um, you know, I don't want to say the name of the organization, be, but I work with some nonprofits that are attempting to do justice work. Right. And, uh, I saw a friend and a friend was saying, you know, in the last three weeks, we've met our three-year goals. Wow. Because of what we're seeing, right? Which I'll allude to in yeah. the future when we talk about what we're going to be talking about in the podcast as well. Yeah. Um, it's so empowering to see that they have the ability to be out there. And the other part of me choosing not to be there is my partner's mother is immunocompromised. Yeah. And so we want to still be able to see her. Mm-hmm. And I felt... If there is an issue, there needs to be a second wave of folks. And so part of what I was looking at is I still need to be ready to go. But it's been amazing to see the amount of beauty and change. Um, We dropped off a lot of water and some apples and granola bars to folks uh, while attempting to stay safe. Uh, And um, to see that they funded a community review board in Phoenix, because there's quite a bit of issues with the Phoenix Police Department in our area. Yeah. Um, that was a really, so that only, was a really important vote that came down to a vote. Big win. 
and funded it. Because a lot of time it's like, here, sit here and rubber stamp things. Right. They give them the ability to actually create change, which again, amazing stuff, right? So um, it's been beautiful to see so many people empowered and feeling as though, and then some of the hard stuff is there's been folks that haven't gone to things that have experienced brutality and scrutiny in ways they didn't expect to see because of their identities. And so I hear stories about folks that like were getting pulled over or hassled or pepper sprayed um, quite a bit too. Even though, even though they weren't at the protests? Or no, they, they were. were. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. You know, these are folks of like maybe white identity that haven't been someplace before and they were, you know, not ready. Because when I was looking at that from afar, I was like, oh my gosh, this could be really bad. Not just from the yelling and shouting standpoint, but pepper grass, tear spray, mm-hmm. right? Coughing like spitting, like vomiting, right? Like in a pandemic, I was really worried about what will happen after this. But again, we'll allude, I'll save, put it in that for a later conversation. Yes. Yeah. We will, we will talk later about whether or not the earth wants us to uh, be in the streets shouting for justice. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But it's been awesome to see. And like I said, just that hearing about that three years of progress in three weeks, yeah. That's so were, the, were those financial and fundraising goals or sort of policy goals? No, or? this was more like getting people involved, Engagement getting people active, goals. like giving them a voice to advocate, right? And seeing like the ability to like reach out and talk to your council person, uh, yeah. giving you tools in which to like email and contact folks. Um, and like the, you know, like somebody was like the community review board, the community review board funded of uh, being able to explain what defund the police means, right? Yeah. Uh, and that it's not just no police. It's that, like, it's refund the community. Right. Like, I'm oh. podcast. It's not defund the police. That's so much it's better. It's refund the community. Yeah. Well, it's, we need that action step, too. Yeah. Right? But because then it's not just, well, this is going away. It's like, no, we're going to refund this in ways that are more proactive and create Upstream. more healing and wholeness, right? Yeah. So, again, there's a lot of, like, good things yeah. that are that are happening. Absolutely. Too. Absolutely. I think something that we can do always as communicators in particular, you know, from the left, from the social justice, from whatever is to, is to really make clear what we're fighting for. Yes. Point to the do. Point to the you do. Can't do it, don't. Yeah. You can't do it. Don't exactly. You yeah. know, when, when I was learning to ski, it's like you, you look at where you want to go. You don't yep. look at the tree. Yes. Otherwise, we hit the tree. <laughs> otherwise, you will hit the tree, and it's crazy how true that is. Like, yeah. not, I don't want to hit the tree. I don't want to hit the tree. I don't. Ah, I just hit the tree. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we need to look at where we want to go. And right, nice. right. Yeah. It's yeah. the difference between not racist, which you can't do because there is no do involved in being not racist. Yeah. You want to be anti-racist because it's active and it fights against the thing that you don't want. Right. It, anti-racist means to create community. Right. It gives you a sense of what you're doing and activizes it. Yeah. In a really good way. And I like, I like how that, that shifted to thinking about being anti-racist or and being, you know, in, in engaged in anti-racism. Cause I don't think mm-hmm. there's even being, I'm not an anti-racist. Unless I'm, you're doing I'm in, things. I am doing, yeah. I'm doing yeah. anti-racism to the best of my ability. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like, I can do that. I can do that with white people. I can do that by right? myself. Yeah. I can do. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Plenty we of have to, to do it by, with ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's so much stuff, you know, the culture just dumps so much nonsense on everyone and we internalize it mm-hmm. that, you know, we're, uh, we've been taking the implicit bias test and, yeah, you know, just yeah. like I have, a, I've only done a couple, but um, it just takes 
so much work to counteract all of that unconscious stuff that gets put in our heads mm-hmm. that, you know, it's in there. And, mm-hmm. but to not be acting from that place, you right. know, not be yeah. believing those thoughts just because they crop up in our heads. It's like, yeah, yeah. it's work. Kelly's 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 time. referring to the Harvard anti-bias yeah. exams or tests. Or implicit bias. Implicit test. bias test. Yeah. You can find mm-hmm. out what you what you think unconsciously by taking these tests we'll, we, it's in last week's show notes but we'll put it we'll in put again it, we'll put it in this week's show notes yeah. It's a, yeah. that's a really important tool you find out like just how much you've got going on that you don't know is in there it's really mm-hmm. interesting to glimpse that and then yeah. you can do the work around shifting it yeah mm-hmm. awareness first mm-hmm. yeah yeah, so you've been seeing those young people out on the streets. You were worried about them coughing and sneezing and throwing I was, up. But it's been good. Like a lot of the folks I know, most tested and like negative. Uh, so there was a concern in the community for a while, but it it, it went well. So that was That's good fantastic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and I'm glad you're safe, and I'm glad you're healthy, and and yeah. your partner's mom is healthy, and your dog yeah. has some place to swim. <laughs> yes. Yes. Good Swim news all the So the the other thing that's happened since um since we last spoke is I got to listen to your couple of episodes of your podcast, the uh inclusive activism podcast. Mm-hmm. We'll definitely put a link to that in the show notes. And oh my god, you and Calvin, mm-hmm. you had an episode that was ostensibly about um uh, numbing, yeah, and the things we do to to numb our emotions and to to back away from them, whether it's eating or working out too much, or you guys were really open and honest about sex and intimacy and, mm-hmm. and how even, even sex can be uh, oh, yeah. an escape into, into numbing away from all of those mm-hmm. uh, powerful feelings mm-hmm. that sometimes we make up. Why am I doing yeah. all the talking? You talked about it. Tell me. <laughs> I, I had a, I had a really strong experience. I was like in my kitchen, you know, cooking. I was like, Oh, I'll just put on this podcast and cook and cook dinner. Right. Like, you know, like I'm like in between chopping going, Oh, wow. Dinner, well, especially dinner, when dinner Calvin, took a little while. Yeah. When Calvin shares his story, right. When he talks about going through the EMDR therapy yeah. and, um, you know, cause I thought I was going to be really brave and I'll like, I'll talk about masturbation and pornography and like, I'll be doing so good. And then, uh, Calvin like really like went through very deeply talking about um, his experience being raped by a relative Yeah, and, um, how hard that is to share in a public space. And, um, you know, everything you felt, I felt in the same space as we were recording it. Right. Um, because, you know, he's scared, his heart's running, his palms are sweaty as he's telling it. Right. Uh, and even with the therapy, he's done some things to take some of the teeth out of the experience, um, but it's still scary to tell the world about it, right? Yeah. And, you know, I sat there and I listened to him and I looked at him and I made sure that he knew and felt that I loved him yeah. uh, as we're doing this because, you know, I'm the only person he has to respond to in that moment. Um, and so it was such an amazing experience to get to hear what that new strength thing looks like. Yeah, Um, it was nice because I was able to talk about what do you do when somebody does this and it's just sit there and listen and love them and let them know that they're still valid and then affirm them and be positive and you don't have to fix anything. You don't have to do anything. Yeah, I mean, the do is I still love you and you're still worthy. Yeah, that's all they need. Yeah, like when facing something like that. But 
were so you were scared. you were you were silent. You were quiet for for minutes and minutes yeah. in that in that podcast, letting Calvin unspool. And I and I'm guessing you could tell that he that what he was doing was was healthy and not re-traumatizing. Well, and if you look at that episode again, even critically, right? I kind of want to explain it a little bit afterwards. Yes. And he slows me down again. And he's like, you know, it's still hard. It's still difficult. Yeah. And that gives me the ability to like, <sighs> we're just going through something now. Yeah. Just pause. Yeah. Just breathe. Just know it's going to be okay. Don't hurry through. Mm. It'll be fine. Right? Yeah. Um, and he did that for me in that space. And I needed that cue to slow down and not fix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's just goes to show it's you. It's yeah. oh, yeah. I'm just, I'm just it's laughing because it just reminds me of, of, of the times of where I've been working with a, with a boy in a circle or something or working with a man. And I'm like ready to be like, well, like to pull <laughs> Let's the, sum up. yeah, to sum uh, up, to pull the last transition, of it, whatever, let's <laughs> yeah. transition. And, you know, yeah. I'm like, no, I'm really mad. Or like, yeah. you know, they just, yeah. They, yeah, they're they, still in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're still in it, and they, they, they like this energy of of um, it's like this third energy that comes out of like, no, this is mm-hmm. this is the thing. This is the thing that's bigger than you and I. It's yeah. it's bigger than this, and it's you don't normally get corrected by a fifteen year old. Yeah, I don't normally get corrected by a fifteen year old, but when. But when I say something like, wow, your dad died, that must have been hard. It's like, no, man, I was really glad that bastard died because he was yeah. terrible to me. Like, yeah. oh, okay, got it, got it. Uh, let me get back into I'll shut up and just let you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah. But, it's, so it take, but it takes a little bit of the, the facilitator at first to create that space that's open enough for that so that even mm-hmm. if we make mistakes yeah. later, mm-hmm. that, right. spa- that space has been created. That third thing is showing up mm-hmm. that is stronger than than whatever whatever plan I have. Yes. <laughs> and that you've established with whoever you're you're whoever's being vulnerable that it's safe for them to say no, not that, this. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. chances are they've been shut down so many times yeah. if mm-hmm. they tried to to you know be real with people who weren't willing yeah. to receive. Yeah. What they have to say, you know, it's or like or like that's our culture shuts people down. Yeah, Yeah. or like Hayden talking in the last episode about how he shut himself down. Yeah. Because he assumed that there were some expectations around Mm -hmm. whether or not he could express his vulnerability and brokenness. Mm -hmm. And until he got in a room with, you know, in in NA or AA where it's just like it's very clear, like we're all broken people helping each other out. And it's just like, let's just turn that inside out. Word, let's just all admit. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just all, we're all broken. We're a mess. Yes. We're all broken and yeah. we're all here for one another. Yep. Yes. And my being broken doesn't mean that I'm not strong enough to hang with you. Your being broken doesn't mean that I have to fix you. Mm-hmm. Let's just turn we it We actually heal each other so much better when yeah. we acknowledge we all need it. Yeah. 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 Well, bless, you know, bless you and bless Calvin for, mm-hmm. for that moment of, of heartbreaking, heart healing um, yeah. audio. Yeah, it it was special and it's still awe-inspiring to think and feel. You know, I can still feel those moments and it's just amazing. Listening, really listening is just so healing. Yeah. Well, that's oh, the right, there that's, it is. that's the right time to, to to take a little pause and and encourage everybody in the audience to to uh, you know, look up that look up that podcast episode. We'll put again, yeah. we'll put the link in the show notes and and mm-hmm. and 
you know, where are the places where either you and the audience need to be heard or where you need to listen? Yeah. And I don't like using the word need for some reason. That sounds a little, I don't know, but where there, where there are possibilities, I guess, yeah. where, there, where there are opportunities to be heard and, and to listen. It is yeah. real. It is really healing. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be right back with more from the Rocket Feather podcast. And welcome back to the Rocket Feather Podcast. We're here with Rowdy Duncan, multicultural educator, community leader, dog owner. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And talking about, you know, where we're at with being in community mm -hmm. so that we yeah. can kind of create the change that we want to create. Yeah. And you've got kind of a perspective that you want to, you want to share a kind of a larger perspective Yes, I do. And this is my first time in attempting to orate the idea. And so I will warn you ahead of time that you could potentially be triggered or hurt or you may misunderstand me because this is the first time I'm trying to tell my story, this story idea to anybody other than my partner, who's also been like, be careful, babe. Yeah. Um, but it's my attempt at indigenous storytelling around what's happening in the earth and with what everything we're seeing now with the pandemic with Black Lives Matter, um, with so much change happening. Uh, there's a M. Night Shyamalan movie called The Happening. And it's like the plants send this like neurotoxin out that like kills people, right? And the plants release this neurotoxin because like there's some issue, right? And it's funny because I thought that movie was super deep, um, but he was attempting to like recreate like a B movie, like the blob type movie with that. Like it was supposed to be cheeky and somewhat silly. So maybe I read more into it. Um, but for me, uh, I was trying to look at how can I storytell with what's happening here? And I do think this is a happening right now. I think the earth has given us the gift of this pandemic um, to really say time out. And if you, if you think about like March and April, I mean, wasn't that the biggest time out? Like the earth and the universe is like time out, go to your corner and think about what you've done. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's so true. Yes. It's just amazing because we all had to go to our houses. We all had to self quarantine. We all had to stop like going into work. We had to stop building stuff. We had to start driving everywhere. And then in time out, you go outside, you can see the mountains you couldn't see before. The air got cleaner, right? We realized a whole bunch of lies we were telling each other weren't true. We always could have taken care, better care of like senior citizens and allow them to shop early. You know, there's right. no such things. There's no such things as data caps. That's just a made up idea. Yeah. The internet should be a utility. Yes. Right. There's all these like truths came to light in this time out of lies that we told of ourselves that were really exploitive and problematic. You can't trust people to work at home. They won't be productive. Right. That's... And we're more productive than ever. I worked harder at home than I do at the office. Right. And I'm not really even at first. Joking. It was finding balance at first. That was the hardest thing. Yeah. 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 Cause you could work for, like, it was funny cause there'd be a time suck of like four to six hours and I'd be like, Oh my God. Tanks like dad, get up. <laughs> this is boring. <laughs> Stop looking at the wall thingy. This is dad. 
let's get up and like move around. Like, let me kiss you on board, right? Like I needed that reminder to move. Um, but I think like in my indigenous storytelling, I'm trying to show that the earth needs us to stop using and doing exploitative systems. If the earth, and it really the earth is creating a space and opportunity for us to consider how much we wanna still be part of earth. Um, because I know people are in a hurry to go to like Mars and stuff, but Mars is trying to actively kill you every second you're there. And truly the earth is trying to give you everything you could possibly need to live and thrive in harmony with all its other systems, right? But the, I think it's the earth needing us to stop like the exploitative systems. And so I started looking at things and I'm like, okay, how can I create an argument for the reality that I feel as though I'm seeing? I'm not doing this through scientific testing. Like I don't have like hard evidence of things. These are just like macro patterns that I feel as though I'm noticing. So again, if you got COVID and you're like, but I fight for justice, like I'm not saying the earth's trying to kill you. Um, and I can actually talk about that a little bit later, yeah. but I want to like really take a second to say, this is just a sense-making progress from right. a storytelling narrative right. of how we can use the opportunity of now to learn to do better in the future. Ooh, I like it. Good, good. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. there anything you feel like I need to check with that? No, I think you're okay. right on it. Okay. I think it's. I think. I think thinking about it like a story. I mean, we're that's how our brains still work despite the scientific revolution. Yeah. Maybe it's maybe it's how our souls work. You know, mm. if I say, "Once upon a time, yeah, there was a culture, there was a group of people, yeah, that had." I used, to, I used to tell this story at fundraisers for boys to men. Yeah, I was going to say, I've yeah. seen that happen. He says, once upon a time, and a whole room full of people just drop in. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. To yeah. that space. There was a, there was a What's going to happen? There was a yeah. culture that had done amazing things, that had built great cities, that had yes. yeah. gone to other planets, <clears throat> that had created yeah. beautiful works of art, but forgot how to take care of their children. Yes. yes. And everybody goes, oh. He's, yeah, yeah. he's talking about us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's the hard part is I am going to be talking about us. Um, so when I was looking at this thing, right, I was looking at the patterns, right? What made, what brought COVID forward, right? And the best theory they know of so far is that it came from wet markets, right? Um, where all these different animals are cut up and processed in very close uh, proximity to each other. Um, but I, but I notice in these things, there's systems and patterns of exploitation in that space in which this came from, right? And so many people will just be like, well, it's wet markets and wet markets are the problem. And I'm like, mm, I don't know about that, right? Because I back up and I look at what pandemic experts tell me, uh, what I've seen, and I've been doing my own personal research at looking at like Netflix documentaries. There's a explained for COVID mm -hmm. that's been really interesting. Um, we're not treating animals really well when we use them as food, right? We're pumping them full of antibiotics. We're pumping them full of growth hormones. We're cutting off their beaks. We're killing them in really hurtful, harmful ways. We're putting them through incredible pain before they die, right? And those systems and scenarios happen to be the perfect spaces for pandemics to start, right? And so I'm not just looking at the wet market. I'm looking at like the systems we have here. And we, through our exploitive use of things, are creating a situation and scenario where a pandemic that could be specialized to kill humans who are exploiting the most arises. Bats are fine. Right. Pigs are fine. 
chickens are fine. And when a chicken's being a chicken, ain't no problem. When a human sometimes being a human, there's an issue, right? right. And Kelly, well, I think I think one of the things that we just to interject real quick, I was like, yeah. you know, we blame, you know, China and we blame the wet market, but like, uh, mad cow disease came yeah. from the U.S. Uh-huh. and from Canada. UK too. And UK, right. And that's all from factory farming, having lots of cows in close proximity, you know, cows eating other parts of cows that that would never happen in the wild. Sick cows, yeah. 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 Well, because cows can't eat cows because they weren't built to. No. Right. Right. Um, But you had a really great insight that I wanted you to share about like looking at the system of like uh, unhealthy food with um, then what does it do and how does it affect people? Like you want to share that insight because then you're not core. Sure. Yeah. But when you were, before we started recording, you were, you were telling us the the bones of the story. And all of a sudden I saw that the, the consistency between how we treat animals in factory farming. Mm -hmm. And so we have this awful machinery to turn these animals into basically, they mostly go to fast food Mm-hmm. which is also a machine that just pumps this fast food, which is kind of crap also. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like the people who are eating the fast food are the same as the animals who are coming through those factories. It's like one big giant factory. Mm-hmm. That creates unhealthy humans at cre- the end. Yeah. And yeah. it's almost instead of us being the consumer of of that we're almost part of the product we're consuming ourselves yeah it's it's like one big unhealthy cycle yeah well and charles noted that like we're in line at the drive-thru exactly. just like the shoot. like isn't it yeah. i mean when you tell the story it's like oh my gosh i see the connections i'm, yeah. on, a, I'm on a conveyor belt i'm sitting yeah. in my car on a conveyor belt Mm-hmm. And then they hand me this unhealthy food made by these unhealthy, you know, produced mm-hmm. by these unhealthy animals and these unhealthy conditions. And yeah. then I drive a little further and I shove it into my, into my maw, yeah. into my face. Which then gave me the opportunity oh. to talk about like, how do you feel after you eat that? Right. right. Like if you eat McDonald's, like you feel a certain way afterwards. It's yeah. not like energized, refreshed, better. Right. And I'm not condemning meat eating, right? I think um, if you don't want to eat meat, I think that's wonderful. Like studies show, and I'm I'm working on meeting, eating more beyond meat and looking into mm-hmm. uh, potentially lab-grown meat. I can't wait um, for lab-grown hamburgers. Yes, yes. Oh my yes. God. Yeah. Oh, well, and some of the stuff they make out of vegetables is still really yeah. delicious. Oh, right? definitely. Yeah. And it's sustainable and we can do that stuff over and over again. But I also look at like when you eat a healthy meal, like when you eat, uh, if you if you eat something that was hunted that was hunted in a sustainable manner, uh, when you eat vegetables, you know you have your garden. When you eat vegetables, you grow yourself. Yeah, it tastes better, but you feel better. Yeah, like you know you feel better, and it's hard because you can't be like it's so hard to be like, well, I feel better. And I'm like, whatever, man. You just like your broccoli or whatever, and yeah. you're like, no, no, there's something there, right? Yeah. There's something to that. And also when we have our own gardens, we usually grow too much food and we have to share it with each exactly. other. Exactly. And that food tastes better that we share with each other. Like the story like really needs to change, right? Um, and then I also looked at things that I thought would be threats, right? Because uh, when I was looking at like, what is the problem? I was looking at like, I think like 
issues of whiteness cause these things to rise. I think issues of like toxic masculinity allow this to rise. Exploitive capitalist systems uh, where like, if there is going to be a good vaccine, I don't think it will rise from a capitalist system. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to rise from a crowdsourced group effort. Totally. Well, if you think about it, we're all building on top of the efforts of everybody else. So if we're all working on the same project together, of course, we're going to complete it quicker Then, like, oh, I'm going to keep all my information to the side. Like, I need to, like, make this this vaccine first so I can make the most money off of it. Mm-hmm. We're looking at the survival long term of humanity yeah. and how we learn to respond to these things. Yeah. Um, and then, and so I think, uh, we need to, well, like, just to, just to go back to the toxic, the toxic masculinity thing for a minute. Like it's very clear that toxic, uh, Uber individualism, mm-hmm. Uber, you can't pin me down. I refuse to be muzzled. Masculinity yes. mm-hmm. is spreading the disease. Yeah. Yes. Literally. In this state, more than any other yeah. state, my friends in uh, Nigeria are like, are you okay, man? <laughs> yeah, they Nigeria. are. They're like praying for Arizona. Like, not only do they know the U.S., they know Arizona specifically. And we're seeing it so bad here because people are like, well, I'm not going to wear a mask for you. And you can't make me do this. And you can't make me not go in public. And you cannot make me go to the bar. You know, like I'm yeah. sure you're seeing the pictures in yep. Tempe and Scottsdale of people just willfully mm-hmm. like asserting their individuality that's causing such a spike in cases. Right. And I, you know, and I empathize, you know, in, in kind of my thinking about masculinity and understanding, understanding in particular that old strength of you're, if you're not winning, you're losing. Yeah. And so to put on a mask instead of it being seen as I am making this small sacrifice in community, in collaboration, in, uh, in wholeness, solidarity, in solidarity yeah. with my community. It's like, nope, you can't make me. This is how I am asserting that I am winning. And, yeah. and I get it. It's like, that's what we've been taught. That's what men in particular have mm-hmm. been taught that if you, if you bow down, if you conform if you do what somebody on the hierarchy is telling you, and in fact, probably what's part of the problem is that more and more people in the hierarchy are, are, are women, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, we got a, we got a mayor in Phoenix. who's a woman. We got yep. Dr. Bricks, uh, yeah. in the, on the coronavirus task force. We yeah. got, and we got kind of nerds on the task force, yeah. Yeah. uh, you know, saying, put on a mask. And that's like, you know, tell some big dude invested in traditional toxic masculinity, He's not going to take that message. Well, my friend well, but, Tim is mayor of Cottonwood, and he made a mask order, and there he's getting a ton of shit. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny though, because like, I mean, we know, right? We've seen these patterns. It's humble yourself, or the earth will humble you. Mm-hmm. Right. That's and I saw the sure. Scottsdale City Council person, right? The audacity yeah. to say I can't breathe mm-hmm. because of the mask. Yeah. You're going to put yourself in a situation where you truly will not be able to breathe and may never breathe the same again if you catch this thing. Yeah. Yeah. You think breathing hard through a mask is hard? Try try through an intubation. Or try having a cop's knee on your neck. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, and and even after, like, say he the person goes through it and heals, right? Yeah, you'll you never still don't have your capacity back the same again, Mm-mm. mask or no, right? Yeah. But again, the earth humbles us in mm-hmm. such in exactly the way we need sometimes uh, to really find a way to come together. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I wanted to mention too is. I'm also noticing that the virus is not replicating in spaces that I kind of expected it would have. I was absolutely terrified to go to protests because I was like, not only will it be hard to stay far apart, not only will it be like, I'm sure more people will happen to wear masks because people will have more uh, collective values, I would assume, right? Mm -hmm. And I saw that rep replicated but i also knew how the police would react right i knew they would tear gas people like when you tear gas people they cough they vomit Mm. they like like they spew particles all over the place right and i was like oh my gosh the virus is going to be absolutely terrible right rowdy in his (laughs) in his sense making but now here we are more than two weeks out and we're not seeing a spike from that behavior And so when I'm looking at what's happening and I'm attempting to tell the story, I'm like, maybe it's behavior specific, Mm. right? Because as soon as Arizona took away its lockdown orders and everybody's like, well, I've been home long enough. I'm sick of this. We're going to have to learn to live with things, right? Mm -hmm. The earth is like, here, attempt to learn. Yeah. Live with this. Yes. Live with the spike in cases. Live with not enough hospital. I mean, we are really close. Mm-hmm. Like it's going to like I'm not saying it may, it will happen. Yeah, in next the next week. 2 weeks. Yeah. Yes. We're going to see like it's going to be like New York. They're going to have trucks with bodies in it. Um there's going to not be enough beds, right? Yeah. And it's because we're not willing to learn from this thing. And again, if in the future you get affected by this and you get sick, I'm not blaming you with my story. If you have a loved one that you may lose, I'm not blaming you with my story. Like I'm talking about what can we learn from this and how do we better be better moving forward? Right. There, I think um, learning from this is important, right? Uh, we're learning that you're safer outside than you are inside. Well, think about it. Outside is a natural system. There's sun there's wind, there's air, but the virus replicates in in natural systems. You and I are both in an in natural system right now, right? Mm -hmm. It's funny because Arizona happens to be the place in the union that is in the most unnatural space, which forces us to be inside more often than any other space. Right. Isn't it funny that we happen to be replicating so much faster because we have to kind of be in an unnatural space. Air conditioned inside. Mm Yeah. Um, Um, but seeing and noticing that is interesting too, because, uh, I'm not noticing the same things in the same spaces. We're going to go ahead and think for a second about the idea of natural versus unnatural spaces and kind of the idea of what systems and scenarios allow us to be in spaces that allow us to be safe uh, and better harmony with the earth.
Welcome back. This is Charles Matthews. And Kelly Robert. And we're still here with Rowdy Duncan talking about the, the bigger perspective and the story that mm-hmm. seems to be embedded in the, the day-to-day crisis, right? It's like yeah. the news cycle is like so freaking fast. You know, like I can't even listen to, I listen to my favorite news podcasts. And if I don't listen to them the day that they're out, yeah. they're already obsolete the next day. So things are yeah. moving really quickly. So I think this opportunity to take a step back with Rowdy and take a breath. Those of us, aren't we grateful for being able to breathe mm-hmm. and uh, take a breath and and look at the, the bigger perspective, the longer perspective of this and what from that bigger, longer and even kind of indigenous or earth-based perspective, what are we, what are we seeing? Yeah. Not what are we seeing in the daily numbers? What are we seeing in the, the daily tweets, but what are we feeling from mm-hmm. our sense-making, storytelling, mm-hmm. story-listening brain? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And with it, I think it's been interesting because, again, like one of the things I was talking about is we're safer in nature right now than our constructions, right? Um, when you look at patterns of health, right, who's suffering the most when they're sick? It's people with pre-existing conditions, right? We're seeing people that are suffering the most are the most out of balance, right? right. Most of those are lifestyle lifestyle diseases, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And and some of it's not. Some of it's just like pre-existing condition that you couldn't do anything about. Yep. Like, you know, I, by no means am I trying to jump on the case of someone that just like has a genetic uh, thing that they had no part and parcel of. Yeah, right? we're not victim blaming here. We're no. looking at this yeah. uh, no. from a metaphorical perspective and exactly. we're not calling right. out anybody in no. particular. Right. And I guess I guess when I, you know I can kind of I can kind of call it out cuz I am I am a lifestyle disease person. I'm mm-hmm. I am officially obese. I'm way overweight. You know, I'm mm-hmm. I do not want to get this disease cuz it will, you know, I'm likely to be done in. But, yeah. you know, these lifestyle diseases are part of our culture, part of that being on the being on the conveyor belt yep. through the fast food line, through the line at, at, at uh, the Circle K buying Doritos, you right. know, through the through the, the food desert in uh, in Glendale, where the only mm-hmm. place to get to get food is at the Kmart. Right. But it's also, again, time out. Yeah. Time out. What yeah. do you want to do? Right. Like there's a lot of people that I've seen in timeout be like, well, I want to be more healthy. And I've seen people in timeout go, well, I want to go outside more. Uh, I've seen people in timeout that are like, well, I want to fight more for the justice of other people. Right. And they're all okay. And they're all getting better. And they're all evolving. Right. Like, how do we use the time that is being given to us? And how do we want this story to end? Is really the idea that I'm trying to get across because I think there's an opportunity here to rethink our food systems for better health. I think there's an opportunity to everyone look really critically inside at like, who do you want to be and what do you want to do? In some ways being self-critical, like the lesson I think I have seen potentially, cause I was afraid to go to protests. The earth taught me, maybe you shouldn't be so afraid to do the right life sustaining balancing thing. Right. When we can look at each other in that way of like, well, what takes me to best me? Uh, <laughs> what takes you to best you? What takes us to best together? Yeah. Right. The earth loves us so much. Clean water falls out of the air. 
Like, if you didn't live on Earth, you wouldn't believe that story. (laughs) (laughs) You're telling me everything I really need to live and thrive falls out of the air? Yeah. Food grows out of cracks in the sidewalk (laughs) in some cities. Yeah. No, here, here, like even in Phoenix, we, but we up in the Northwest, that you could eat, yeah. but we don't know what it looks like because right. we're taught to only eat what we're, what we're supposed to see. What's yeah, there's a plastic. wild spinach that grows in like, like there's some like wild mustard grass that you can eat here. That was, uh, something that you could have just pulled out of the ground and ate, mm-hmm. but we don't know what that looks like. We're yeah, used right. to only, like seeing like apples or whatever the, the food we're used to seeing. Yeah. Like we haven't been taught to see the Phoenix food that's here are the flagstaff food that's there because like there's plenty there's abundance there's way more than i mean (laughs) you could eat that stuff off the ground till you had we talked about the itis right that feeling Uh of like overstuffness that takes you out of balance yeah like there's plenty of that food to eat everywhere all around you all the time again another back another backpacking story working with working with kids from seattle hiking hiking up into the cascade mountains and yeah. like huckleberries are just the yeah. trail is lined with them and mm-hmm. i'm just i'm just mowing as i go along and these city <laughs> yeah. kids are like what are you doing like these are yeah. huckleberries yeah this is like seven dollars a pound or whatever right, right. Right. it's just like <laughs> what? and it's just there and they're like you're yeah. eating that right off the bush like yes that's how it's supposed to be yes Yes. you don't have to clean it right it's been clean see that bear over there he's doing the same thing (laughs) (laughs) but again like right like it's scarcity abundance mindset scarcity abundance thinking right yeah and we talked about this in truth right um if you because we're so used to seeing each other as the worst of ourselves right like like when we all treat each other like we're absolutely horrible and we're all trying to steal from each other and we're all trying to rip off each other, um, then we act that way. People treat each other the way you treat them. Mm-hmm. If I treat you as a noble being, if I respect you, if I know if I share with you and I expect reciprocation, I'm probably going to get reciprocated, mm-hmm. right? The amount of folks that really don't reciprocate back is actually pretty tiny when you share. Yeah. Yeah like most people have that urge to just give back. It's very, very few that take and take and take and take and take. That story's really not that real. But when we act as though it is, it is more real. Right. There's not enough for me. I got to look out for mine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to find that. There was a, a podcast that was talking about a study that looked at uh, re- business relationships, work relationships, and that in in work units there are the givers and the uplifters that form mm-hmm. a certain percent. That that's just naturally how they are. Yeah, and a similar percentage, but small, of mm-hmm. people who are just takers. Yeah, and then people of the vast majority who could go either way. Yeah. So that if you're a leader in a situation like that, if you uplift and support those givers and they're often the ones who can be invisible because mm-hmm. they're helping other people they're yes. not necessarily bringing in all the sales numbers they're right. not necessarily standing up in front of everybody with the most beautiful powerpoint championing their project they're right. the one who's helping make it happen but yeah. if you as a leader lift up those people then all of that folk that that group in the middle because mm-hmm. of their mirror neurons are like yes mm-hmm. i'm going to be like those yeah. people yes. what is valued 
right? Yeah. If yeah. we're just if we're just rewarding the the sales champions who do it, you know, on the backs of everybody else, yeah, then that's the middle group. We'll shift that direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and it was interesting. I was in a webinar talking about indigeneity and indigenous food, right? And there's a word, and it's potlatch, and it was a practice. And it's kind of derivative of potluck. And I think we may have talked about mm-hmm. potluck. I talk about potlucks all the time. Yeah. Because it's one of my favorite examples of abundance. Because you, I've never been to a potluck that there wasn't too much food. Right. Yeah. The table, the table groans of, under the weight oh of it. Gosh. Yeah. 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 And there's just way too much. And everybody has more than enough. And it's funny because even a taker at a potluck can't overtake. Right. It's impossible because there's just too much. But that's how the, the power of story changes things so much, right? Like if we looked at this current space and the same opportunity of like, okay, Earth's calling us back home right now. Earth said, take a timeout. Yeah. Earth said, take care of brother cow, sister chicken. Earth said, like, watch out for that oil in the ground. I know I made it but it doesn't mix well with water and it'll kill you. Yeah. Like when you look at water, there's an inner stillness and peace that you get from being around water, Mm -hmm. but you slightly taste oil and you immediately know that's death. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But we value death liquid more than life liquid. Mm -hmm. Right. Like how do we tell these stories in a different way? How do we like see the opportunity of what this moment is. And it's hard because I know I say opportunity and people are like, Rowdy, really? Like global pandemic, like like recession, potentially depression. Uh, we're talking about like, like some people are predicting race wars coming out of what we're seeing with Black Lives Matter protests. And I'm like, mm. y- y'all said it yourself, right? It's a choose your own adventure book. Yeah. If you want to live in an earth and harmony, turn to page 67. If you want to like hoard the oil, go to page 172, right? Yeah. Like it just turns out that the oil page ends the story faster Mm -hmm. and worse than the value, the water value, the other thing story. Yeah. And I, I'm pretty optimistic in looking at the end, right? I think um, if we think abundance thinking uh, and uh, like the crowdsourced version of whatever vaccine we make will be available. And I think there will be something special in whatever that comes from. Because what I'm interested in is maybe there'll be a tie, which would be cool too, right? There's a tie with an individualistic person that wants to sell it for a lot of money. And then they tie with another version of the virus that's crowdsourced. And I wonder what will make it so the crowdsourced one is more dispersible faster than the scarcity thought virus. Yeah. Because you can see, like, if you think about in, in, in the easy to share, there's more than enough way there will be, if you think of it like, well, I need to make as much money as possible. That will be true too. Yep. Yeah. That will, that will limit it. Yeah. 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 And really, I think the biggest story that I'm trying to get across is, Trials are opportunities that are really disguised as problems. Yeah. And we have an opportunity to write this story to be in better balance with the earth 
to make better and more natural food for the spaces and places we live. I mean, we should obviously be eating this wild spinach that I'm telling you about or this mustard seed stuff here because it, it's a weed. I know. Yeah. You can't you can't make it go away. No, you can't. Well, you have to poison the ground to make it go. Right. With with like the roundup stuff, right? Yeah. Oh man. Like, isn't it nuts? Like it's it's so well, bananas when I you don't think get, about the story. Yeah, <laughs> I don't get why people hate dandelions so much, because they're delicious and they're beautiful and they're fun. Mm-hmm. And they are <laughs> unstoppable. And they're unstoppable. They exactly. Grow cement. Yeah. I saw a meme that was like Roses are like, okay, I need a certain pH for this, and I need like so much care for that. And then and if I get if there's I get a dandelion too, if I get that's too like, wet, I get moldy. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. And the dandelions, oh look, concrete. Yeah. <laughs> this is perfect. And it grows despite it. Yeah. But yeah, it's what are we gonna do with the story? Yeah. And how will we tell the end? And how can we get back to balance? Um, and I want to end you with a thought. Uh that it came from a story that, that we were looking at indigeneity. Uh, and one of the things I want to tell you too, um, Charles, because when we were talking in one of the breaks, you were talking about European myths. Mm-hmm. Get back to calling that white indigenous myths. White indigenous stories. Because yeah. Yeah. Like that disconnect of whiteness and indigeneity mm. is part of the issue in whiteness. Right. Because every all white people forgot they were tribal yep. indigenous people, right? Yeah. Like if they could own that, they're, they could look back in their history and find those stories that are going to bring us back in balance faster. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's a story and it says, and it says, you will remember you came from the earth. Mm. When the salinity of your blood, which is so close to the salinity of the sea, returns back to itself. Mm. When your muscles and all the richness of nutrients returns to the soil, you will remember you're not from the earth. You are the earth. Mm. And the sooner we remember, we are it. Not just away from it and a part of it. We are it. We'll understand we're just hurting ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the opportunity to rewrite the story. Oh. Yeah. And the, the positives, you know, not, not just that we'll remember that we're hurting ourselves, but that we'll remember how to take care of ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that it involves taking care of the thing that is ourselves, the earth and each other. Yeah. Yeah, and all the all the animals will have the opportunity to be happier with us. They'll live higher quality lives together. The food will be better for for them and for us. There'll yeah. be plenty. You know, yeah, maybe we have to have a little bit smaller of a hamburger. That's okay. Right. Still plenty yeah. of everything else. So once upon a time, there was a group of people, a culture, a group of folks who had accomplished great things. They had built, built cities, created art, delved into the smallest and the biggest parts of the universe, were able to explain how the very cells of themselves worked, were able to make music that made people cry or dance or rage. And this culture made all kinds of mistakes, but along the way, they started creating more and more freedom and more and more justice for more and more of the members of that culture, of that group of people, once upon a time.
but they forgot some things along the way. In the process of building big cities and creating beautiful art, sometimes they forgot their bodies. Sometimes they forgot that the salinity of their blood matched the salinity of the ocean. Sometimes while being inside in their great cities, they didn't look outside and hold up their face to the pure water that fell from the sky. Sometimes they forgot that their children were the most precious gift and that everything they took from the earth was borrowing from those children and those children's children and those children's children's children. And sometimes they forgot that their elders held the wisdom and the stories that still remain relevant after generation and generation. And the earth that loved, 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 loved these people the way it loved Brother Cow, the way it loved Sister Chicken, the way it adored Cousin Oak and Cousin Ponderosa Pine. The earth thought, hmm, hmm, they have forgotten. They have forgotten. How do I help them remember? How do I help them remember? How did earth help them remember, Rowdy? Well, when, when you forget that all my relations, all my, it's not about your ancestors, right? Yeah. Your relations to the sun, to the wind, right? Like it takes, it takes taking us to a space. We have to remember that, like, we have to remember there always was enough. Yeah. We have to remember just because a chicken looks different than me doesn't mean its life is not precious. We have to remember that Brother Worm makes the earth better with it leaving its, with its nutrients that allows food to grow, yeah. food that we could just pick up and eat along the way. It's easy to forget with stories that we make up. It's so easy to forget. But the people were allowed an opportunity. Will you remember that you're my ancestor? Will you remember this is the only place we ever needed you to be? Or will you forget? Will you die alone, on your knees, out of breath, with never having enough because you never saw all that was there? Mm. Or will you come back home? Mm. Will you remember the blood and the sea salinity? Will you remember that all of the minerals you need for your body exist in the ground and came from the ground? Do you want to come back home? Or do you want to leave forever? Which page do you want the story to go to? And so the earth asked those questions with a pandemic, with a virus, because she can't speak in words. She spoke in RNA. She didn't force it upon them. She didn't force it upon these people. She just made it available. And they did with it what they did with it. And some of them took it into their bodies. And some of them spread it to others. And some of them risked their lives 
to succor the sick, to treat them, to keep them alive, or to hold their hand while they passed alone. And some of them remained in denial, remained in denial that their blood was seawater, that their bones were rocks, that their relations were everybody. But most, but most remembered because people remembered the stories and started telling them. Most remembered because people remembered the stories and started telling them. The stories from way back, the stories that we know in our bones that are rocks, the stories that we know in our bones, the stories that we know in our blood that is seawater. And most of us, enough of us, enough of them came home and breathed and turned their face to the pure water that fell from the sky. And the earth looked and saw that most of them were turning their face to the sky. And she helped them find the collaboration and the courage and the love to defeat the virus, to build a culture that could be sustained so that the adventure never ended. And we remember the stories of those that passed those that passed because they were unwilling to learn, but also those that passed doing the right thing the whole time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We needed those stories to continue to survive, but we needed those stories to move beyond just surviving to really thriving together. And we honor the sacrifice that was made so we could learn to live together. And they learned to live together. Oh ho. Oh. Thanks everybody for listening to the Rocket Feather podcast and sharing the story time with Rowdy Duncan and Kelly Roberge and me, Charles Matthews. Go out and remember, go out and tell the stories, even if they're imperfect, even if they're imperfectly remembered. Tell the stories. Tell the stories. Thanks for listening. Woo. Oh my God. Wow. What another great conversation. Oh, I love what we get to do. And I love the idea of turning these times into a tale to try and make sense of it from a mythological viewpoint. Uh, Charles, you did an awesome job of starting us off with that story. I suspect we'll be writing it for a while, but it seems like putting things in story form really does help me know kind of what to do next. Hmm. What do you think? Well, it's interesting because stories have a form mm -hmm. and um, when we can apply that form to, to what appears to be formless, formless. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty nebulous and weird right now. Right. We know when we say once upon a time, when we say in a galaxy far, far away, we kind of know what's coming up next. Um, and we know not just, I think, I, I think we know how to put ourselves into those stories. Mm. We know how mm -hmm. to not just see them as passive entertainment, but as 
lessons, but also directions. Yeah. Uh, you know, when when we hear uh, a Greek myth, we know that the it's about us not having hubris, n- us right. not defined, thumbing our nose at the gods. You know, when we hear uh, 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 an indigenous uh, tale about coyote, we know that it's about being tricky, but not too tricky. Right, right. Um, so we know that the story that is going to work is the story that involves working together. There are very few stories that say like, you know, very few, very few indigenous stories. And I include mm-hmm. white indigenous stories as, as, as right, Rowdy right. clues me into, you know, so there's very few white indigenous stories that have the hero always doing everything on his own. Like yeah. even Odysseus. Yeah, absolutely. From all sorts of places. Right, right. Even Odysseus, you know, knew how to collaborate. Right. And uh, even when the hero's stupid and doesn't really deserve help, he gets help whether he wants it or not. Right, right. And yeah, she, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the universe wants to help. Yeah, and I, I love, you know, Rowdy's insistence on us um, staying open. And, you know, we've talked about that a lot on the podcast of, of not sending people out of the tribe, you know, not banishing people just because they're getting it wrong. It's like, let's fix it. Let's do restorative justice. Let's process this together mm-hmm. so that we can stay together and i think we're gonna as america we're gonna have to figure out how to do that right yeah his his story the his addition to the story is that we uh we respect the sacrifice of both uh the people who knew better mm-hmm. and the sacrifice of people who resisted and stayed in denial yeah, yeah you're right that those that the lessons from both of those sets of people are what's going to propel us into something sustainable and workable. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we have to learn from others' pain. Yep. Right. Right. Yeah, it's going to be tough. We're all we're all going through it. Yeah. We're all going we're through all it. We're all going through something. Absolutely. And it's maybe a little different for everybody, but yeah. a pan like I said before a few episodes back, a pandemic will bring up your shit. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, those of you who are in the audience, we hope that the story that we started shifted your brain, your thinking into that storytelling mode as well, so that you can be an active collaborator in that story, even if it's just for yourself. Yeah. The story you write for yourself now about your future has a greater chance of producing the outcome that you want. Yeah, it's creating your Then if you let other people write your story. Right. Don't let other people write your story. We need to collaborate together on stories that make meaning for us and that make a future that works for us and our children and our children's children's and our children's 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 and Brother Cow and Sister Chicken and Uncle Rock. Yeah. So get to writing, everybody. Love it. And share it with us if you do. Absolutely. So y'all probably know at this point, the Rocket Feather podcast is a weekly podcast. We're just going to keep putting out episodes as long as we find people with powerful things to say. And if you know someone these conversations would resonate with, please share this podcast with them. 
choose carefully. You want to recommend this podcast to somebody who's going to thank you. Mm. And we know that if you choose carefully, you're going to get some relationship points. You're going to, somebody's going to say, thank you for, thank you for doing that. Mm. Love it. Yeah. We'd love to be in more people's ears. Yeah. Yeah. That would be great. So follow us on Instagram at RocketFeather1 if you aren't already. And join us in the Rocket Feather Community Lab on Facebook. It's a Facebook group, and we would love to have you there to continue the conversation, meet our guests, and collaborate on these stories that we need to write together. Yeah. Plus, it's fun. It is a lot of fun. All right. It is now safe to unstrap. Let me change this. It is now safe to... Get up off the log (laughs) and leave the fire circle. Oh, yeah. And go back to your yurt, your teepee, your cabin, your apartment, your duplex. Until next time, this is Charles Matthews. And Kelly Roberge wishing you an enchanting journey into a beautiful new reality. We love you.